0: And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to
1: talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Yesterday, I may have let my frustration (laughs) take over the show. I was mad. I was upset about baseball. The players voted a resounding no to the one final proposal that was made yesterday, which set the wheels in motion for the commissioner to implement a season. And I was I was mad. I was upset. It made no sense to me. It still doesn't make sense to me. But I've had some time to collect myself, get my thoughts straight, get a good night's sleep. And here we are. We're going to talk about it again today. I love getting mad, but I, I can't do it every day. It's exhausting for both me and you. Sometimes you need to get mad. Sometimes you need to let it out, but not every day. That's just too much. I want to continue our discussion about Major League Baseball today because it seems as though we're going to get a season. I still think this entire summer, this entire season is botched beyond repair for Major League Baseball, whether they end up playing or not. But it looks like we're going to have a product on the field. I don't think the product's going to be any good and I'm interested to see how many people actually watch. This entire thing has been a failure by Major League Baseball. We're just going to take a more measured approach today. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I appreciate you hanging out. At 5.30, we're going to talk to one of our Bucks insiders. One of our Bucks guys, Justin Garcia from the Bucks Radio Network, UWL grad. He uh, works on the flagship station, WTMJ. So we're going to talk to him about the return of the NBA, about the Bucks, and about whatever else is going on. i when I have guests on these days, I don't like to, I don't like to back ourselves into a corner to talk about anything too specific because we've what been talking about the same stuff for months now. So we're going to talk to Justin uh, at five thirty. I want to talk about the bar and restaurant scene in Lacrosse right now. Coming up before six o'clock, there was a really interesting article put out this weekend um, in the Lacrosse Tribune, and I, I wanted to point a couple of things out because it's it's a little disappointing. Uh, especially because I live right here in the heart of lacrosse, and there were some disappointing things about lacrosse written in this piece. So we're going to talk about that before 6 o'clock. Really quickly before we start, it looks like uh, the noose, quote-unquote, that was found in uh, Bubba Wallace's garage wasn't a noose at all. little bit of a misunderstanding or a misinterpretation from NASCAR. So that's awesome news. I'm not going to get mad that NASCAR lied. I think NASCAR right away overreacted, got freaked out and they maybe didn't think everything through clearly. They admitted today. They said, look, the investigation has been concluded. We have all the evidence. We messed up. Hey, awesome. I think that's great news because that means there's not a flaming racist working on a NASCAR team. I think that's great. So excellent news after yesterday's really good race uh, in Talladega and a beautiful moment before the race, too, with Richard Petty and and all the other drivers. Don't let the news about the news not being real, which is good news, by the way, right? That's positive news. Don't let that ruin... Uh, the beautiful moment that happened yesterday. Uh, I, I wanted to briefly mention that because uh, our first topic, as we get into baseball, I wanted to reference NASCAR, so I wanted to include that disclaimer. That news broke just about 10 minutes ago. I want to talk about baseball. In In times of struggle and in times of crisis, and I don't know in recent memory if there's been uh, a better instance of a time of struggle and crisis than 2020, we look to a voice of reason for comfort, right? It's what we do as kids, right? We look to our parents. They're the voice of reason They make everything seem like it's going to be okay, everything's under control, and now as I have reached adulthood, I realize that everybody's faking it. That's why parents are amazing, right? They're able to be that voice of reason for their children, make them feel comfortable. Bubba Wallace was that for NASCAR yesterday, and I think for our country, finally giving us some good news to rally around. He was the voice of reason yesterday in his post-race interview, gesturing to some fans who were along the fence. He said, look at these brand new NASCAR fans came all the way here from Atlanta to support How awesome is that? He said, I'm going to keep on keeping on. NASCAR said the same thing, and the sport is making progress. That was awesome, and NASCAR is going to gain fans as a result. Bubba Wallace was the voice of reason. Okay. I think we're looking for a voice of reason in our country right now. Say what you want about the politics of Donald Trump. He isn't exactly a comforting voice to our country in a time where I think we really, really need a comforting voice. I'm not embarrassed to admit that. This year's worn me down. I think a lot of you are in the same boat. I'm not ashamed to admit that I would like a comforting voice here on June 23rd as we're months into this pandemic. Donald Trump is not that guy. And I think because he has continued to be so abrasive and just be himself, a lot of Americans are stressed and they're unhappy. Last week, I referenced this in the show last week, but the National Opinion Research Center, which is located at the University of Chicago, released a study that only 14% of American adults say they are very happy. That was 30% two years ago. This year, according to the same study, 23% of adults say they often or sometimes feel isolated. That has risen to 50 week, 50% 50 in the last week. So Americans are unhappy, they're feeling isolated. And look, I don't think Donald Trump exactly helps that. Once again, not a comment on his politics, on his legislature, his decision-making, just his personality. In a time like this, We need a comforting voice. We need a voice of reason. Donald Trump hasn't exactly been that. The result is a lot of unhappy Americans. Well, what about baseball? Who's the voice of reason in baseball? It's not Rob Manfred, and it's not Tony Clark, because those two guys have been lying through their teeth every time they release a statement. Rob Manfred saying, hey, owners are 100% committed to getting baseball back on the field as soon as possible. That's a load of crap, because it would have costed just a couple extra million bucks, and we could be about ready to play baseball in about six days. That's not the case. Tony Clark has said, hey, the players are 100% committed to getting back to work as soon as possible. Just tell us when and where. And then he had his players vote against Major League Baseball's last proposal. Both of those guys are liars. They're not the voice of reason. Last night, Major League Baseball people anointed Trevor Bauer as the voice of reason. He's the new voice of reason in Major League Baseball. You know, the same Trevor Bauer who got traded from the Indians because he Threw a temper tantrum on the the pitching mound. Terry Francona came to grab him to sub him out of the game, and he took the baseball, and he turned to center field, and he flung it over the wall before leaving the game. Yeah, that guy. That guy is now the voice of reason that we're all listening to. The pitcher who threw a temper tantrum. He's who we're looking to. Yesterday on Twitter, he went on an absolute rant. I want to read you a couple of comments that he said. Fans want baseball. The vast majority of players want baseball. Most owners want baseball. Seems like everyone is in agreement, yet we have no agreement and no baseball. How? He continued, it's absolute death for this industry to keep acting as it has been. Both sides. We're driving the bus straight off a cliff. How is this good for anyone involved? COVID-19 already presented a lose-lose-lose situation, and we've somehow found a way to make it worse. Incredible. One last tweet. If there's going to be a fight, time for that fight is after the 21 season, 2021, When a new CBA is negotiated, five years of potential change, we're doing irreparable damage to our industry right now over rules that last at most 16 months. What kind of sense does that make, right? And everybody flocked to Twitter and said, finally, someone said it. Trevor Bauer, how is he the voice of reason? He's the one being logical. He's got it. Finally, someone said it. How do these comments make him the voice of reason? I could have told you this stuff in March. It's June twenty-third. And you have players realizing, oh, this is this is terrible for the sport. You have owners and commissioners saying we are doing damage to our sport. This is a bad look. And we're all like, Yes. Wow, finally, they're they're seeing reason. Yeah, I saw reason back in March. You did too. You know why? Because we have brains. And we have a set of eyes to read and a set of ears to listen and a brain to comprehend all of this. And in March and in April, we're all thinking, the hell is baseball doing? What the actual hell is baseball doing? They're going to destroy their sport. Just like the lockout in the mid-90s. We saw that months ago. And now we're supposed to give credit to Trevor Bauer and the rest of the players for realizing the obvious, what's been obvious for months? We're supposed to give Rob Manfred and Tony Clark credit for finally realizing that they are single-handedly destroying their own sport? You, me, your uncle, your mom, your son, your daughter, could have Said that in April. It's been that obvious for that long. And now we're gonna anoint Trevor Bauer as the voice of reason for saying what we've all known all along. It's June twenty third. And you still have players and owners and commissioners and 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 union reps. They're all saying, We're destroying our sport, and we're all saying, Duh, you've been destroying your sport since March, you idiots. This is not hard. This is not this is not complicated. I don't know at what point Major League Baseball or the Players Union thought it was a good idea to make this complicated and make this nasty and make this public. They did. I, I don't know why they thought that was a good idea, but obviously something something must have encouraged them to make a mess out of the situation. Don't you feel, as just a normal, everyday working American, that we actually we actually might be the smartest people in the room right now between our own government? local and national and state between our favorite sports leagues. Are, are, are we actually the, are we the smartest people? Just the common sense man and woman. Are are we the common sense people? Are we the only ones with a brain and a set of eyes and ears? Because we're uplifting and anointing Trevor Bauer of all people as the voice of reason for saying things that we've been saying since March. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. This whole thing is so backwards to me. We're going to continue this conversation about baseball coming up next. All of these things obvious to Trevor Bauer, obvious to me, obvious to Major League Baseball people, they're destroying their sport. Everybody recognizes that. But yet the players still voted no yesterday. Why? Why? That's not rhetorical. I'm actually asking. I have no clue. We'll talk about it and see if we can come to a conclusion coming up next. More of the Wisco Sports Show on the way. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name, Grant Bills. I'm your host. Hope you're doing well. Having a good night. We're talking about baseball. Looks like if there's no snags, there's no last-minute issues, which almost feels certain, so I'm not getting my hopes up. Looks like we're going to get baseball. Players should be reporting to training camp in about a week. Getting back to their home markets, they just got to agree on the health and safety protocols, which sound, according to reporters, like something that'll be a work in progress, which doesn't exactly sound like a great plan, but then again, it's better than no plan, and I don't think baseball's had a plan all along, so we'll take what we can get. We're talking about baseball, I'm not gonna get mad, I'm not gonna yell. Yesterday I got pretty animated, Uh, I actually just threw my entire show notes out, and I'm like, whatever, I'm gonna do this off the cuff, which is why I started yelling. So if you're not a fan of yelling, you don't like when I get angry, I apologize. We're being a lot more measured, a lot more controlled today. It's very obvious to everyone, including myself, including myself, Commissioner Manfred, Tony Clark, and the Players Association, the players themselves, the owners. It's very clear to everyone and obvious that the last couple of months have been super destructive to baseball. Like, no good has come from this. They all want to get back to work, or so they say. But if it's so obvious to everyone, and the desire to w- get back to work is there, Why did the players vote no yesterday? They had one final chance to come to an agreement before Commissioner Manfred would impose a season, which is the result we have and why we're going to have baseball hopefully starting in oh late July. Great, just as summer's wrapping up. Thanks, Major League Baseball, for that. If they want to get back to work so bad, why'd they vote no? I have no clue. I'm going to give you some numbers, give you some facts, and just point out the absurdity that has been the last 48 hours between the players and the owners. So Manfred, late last night, early this morning, whatever, imposed a season, which is his right right given to him in the original March agreement, assuming that Major League Baseball makes their, quote, best effort to play as many games as possible and ensure that the players are paid their full prorated salaries. Those are the requirements. As long as Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred accomplish those two things, his right to impose a 60-game season is there. He can do it unilaterally without any support. And that's what he's doing. And it's really frustrating because the last couple of months of negotiations, nasty public negotiations, get completely thrown out. They all go to waste. All of that was for nothing. It started on March 12th when Major League Baseball announced that they were postponing the start of the season. All the way until yesterday, the 22nd. That's 102 days of negotiations, of public battling, of infighting. Completely gone to waste. None of it meant a damn thing. He's wasted the last three months. So well done on that front, Major League Baseball. I'm confused by the actions made in the last 24 hours. All right, In this new imposed season, here's what we know. They're going to play 60 games. They're going to start around July 24th. There won't be expanded playoffs this year. It'll be a 10-team playoffs. And the players will be paid their full prorated salary for the 60 games that they play. If they play all 60 games, players will make about 37% of their original salary, which that's that's the result they got, by the way. They, they held on tooth and nail to June 23rd only to receive 37% of their total salary. Whatever, seems like a terrible deal to me, but that's the deal they have, the imposed season. 60 games starting in late July, 10 team playoffs, which is not expanded, that's normal. Full prorated salary, which if, a big if, they play all 60 games, they make 37% of their total income, which to me sounds like it sucks, but I guess that's what they wanted all along. That's what we know. Now, in the last 24 hours, the last vote was taken yesterday at about 5 o'clock, and the, the voters voted resoundingly no, 33 to 5, opposed to the last offer made by Major League Baseball. Here is what the players said no to. This is what they voted against. They said no to a guaranteed $25 million playoff pool. $25 million guaranteed to be split up among the players. Now, in the imposed season, they will be paid normally, which is a percentage of gate revenue, which is absurd because there's not going to be fans. I know we're all acting like, well, we don't know if they're going to be fans. We don't know if there's going to be a season. There's definitely not going to be fans. So turning down a $25 million playoff pool to take a percentage of gate revenue is idiotic. So that's what they voted against yesterday. That's bullet point number one. Bullet point number two of what the players voted against in favor of an imposed season. They voted against a 2021 expanded postseason and DH being tied to playing at least 50 games in 2020. Meaning the players could have had the option, could have had the option to mandate expanded postseason next year in DH. Both things the league wants, both good things. More money, more roster spots being tied to at least 50 games. That would have forced the league to make sure at least 50 games are played to ensure an expanded playoff picture and more money next year and the DH next year. Players said no. Why would we want to hold the league accountable? That would make no sense. They voted no. They also voted against $33 million in salary forgiveness, which would have helped mitigate the $170 million in lost salary that came from the advance that the players were paid starting in March and April. Right? Right? Per that March agreement, the players were given $170 million combined worth of salary advance. Now that salary is going to count against the money they make once the season starts. Major League Baseball was willing to forgive about $33 million of that, which would have allowed players to keep about 61% of that $170 million in lost salary. Now they get none of it, zero, because they voted against it yesterday. So that's what the players said no to. They voted against all of that in favor of playing the exact same number of games. It's 60 either way. They're going to make less money off the postseason because there's not going to be fans. They're not going to hold the league accountable when it comes to an expanded postseason and a DH role in 2021. And they turned down $33 million in salary forgiveness stemming from that advance they were paid per the March agreement. All great things for the players. And they said no, only to play the same number of games and make less money than they would have had they just accepted a 50-50 split with more games earlier on, or even an 80% pro rata. Why? None of that makes an ounce of sense to me. Once again, I have a brain, I have eyes, I have ears, and none of that makes sense to me. Now, maybe I'm not... Yeah, I don't work in baseball, so maybe there's something I'm missing here, but none of that makes an ounce of sense. And players should convene, digitally or otherwise, however you can convene and meet in a time like this, they should meet and have Tony Clark explain to their face, their union leader, Tony Clark should have to explain his reasoning for deciding to vote no on that. Because they're going to play the same amount of games, they're going to make less money, they're going to have less money guaranteed in the playoffs, a shadier structure next year for the playoffs and for the DH, and they're, they're pissing away, excuse my French, $33 million in salary forgiveness, that Major League Baseball offered them in good faith to help make up for the salary advance stemming from the March Agreement. They said no all, to all of that to play the same number of games. Why? Tony Clark should have to explain that to his players. That's the job of the union. The union got them this deal or avoided that deal for in favor of, a, of an imposed season. Tony Clark should have to explain that to his players. Was it to, was it to protect their right to file a grievance? That will take years a grievance filed against Major League Baseball will involve legal fees, time in court, lawyers. That will take years, and it won't help circumstances or players in 2020 who are hurting financially. Right? We're all suffering this from this pandemic one way or another. The right to file a grievance doesn't help anything in 2020. And that's the only, that's the only reason, the only way I can do the mental gymnastics to try to understand why they would have voted against yesterday's proposal in favor for an imposed season. It makes it makes zero sense to me. And Tony Clark should have to explain why he put his players in this situation. Makes zero sense. The lack of perspective, and really selective perspective, is astounding to me. What do I mean by that? Selective perspective. The union, Tony Clark and his players, were willing to compromise this season on the DH and on placing a runner at second base. They're they're, in, they're putting that rule into effect this year. Not in the postseason, but in the regular season. So if a game goes to extra innings, starting in the 10th inning, a runner starts at second base to help speed the game along. The players and their union were like, hey, it's a pandemic. We understand. We got to make changes. Let's add the DH. Let's add the extra runner. It's a pandemic. Got to make compromises. They were willing to give up that because... We're living in a pandemic, but they weren't willing to make any concessions on salary on pro. They said pro-rated salary, pro-rated salary, pro-rated salary. Well, you got your pro-rated salary, but you would have made more had you accepted a 50-50 split back in, I don't know, May. Or even an 80% pro-rata rather than full-rated salaries because now you're only playing 60 games and you pissed away all the extra money that was offered to you yesterday in favor of an imposed season with no expanded playoffs. How is that better? How is that better? Before we get to Justin Garcia, we're going to talk to Justin Garcia, the Bucks Radio Network, coming up next. I want to return to a point I made over a month ago. I made this over a month ago. I saw this coming. I said, here's what's going to happen. Baseball is eventually going to get to a deal, and they're going to start not on the 4th of July, but you know, a week or two after. I didn't think it would take until the end of July to get going, but I said, look, they're going to get it together. They're going to start the season well after the 4th of July, and we're all going to celebrate it, and baseball is going to say, finally, we have a deal. Finally, we got it figured out. Mission accomplished. And I said, it's the exact same as when George Bush did the mission accomplished speech in the early 2000s, saying, hey, we're done in Iraq. Mission accomplished. Not by a long shot. It's just this this fake sense of accomplishment that everyone's going to get out of this when this could not have been handled more poorly. They turned down... $25 $25 million in guaranteed playoff money for a percentage of gate revenue? There aren't going to be fans. And if you think there are going to be fans at games this fall, then you're in denial. Go buy a mask and watch the news. What the hell is Tony Clark thinking? He should have to explain this to his players because that's how representation works. That's how unions work. That's how accountability works. This makes zero sense. And I don't know if Tony Clark knows what the hell is going on. Congrats, you got your prorated salary and you lost millions in the process. Well done, players. Well done. The owners aren't without fault either. Both sides had opportunities to make this work. Neither did. Base, but the players just had the last opportunity and they really blew it, in my opinion, yesterday. When we come back, we're going to talk to Justin Garcia the Bucks Radio Network. We'll talk about the Bucks. yeah... We'll talk to him about whatever's going on. I'm, I'm excited to talk to our friend Justin. Talk NBA, talk Major League Baseball, whatever else is going on with him. We'll have a conversation coming up next, the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show. I am your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for being here. We're going to talk about something a little different coming up in about 15 minutes. The Lacrosse Tribune put out an article this weekend That was fascinating and a little disappointing. So we got to have a conversation about the downtown scene, 3rd Street here in La Crosse. That's coming up in about 15 minutes. I know it's not sports. Well, drinking is kind of a sport in Wisconsin, so we'll count it. That's coming up in about 15 minutes. First, let's reconnect and let's talk with our friend Justin Garcia, UWL alum, Bucks Radio Network. Justin, what have you been up to? I'll start. I have hated every second in 2020. This job is stressful and some days feels like it takes the life out of me because I have to read the news and read the news again and take notes on the news and the news is all depressing so I very much look forward to the weekends what have you been up to how have you been getting through this year
0: well you look forward to the weekends but what is different about your weekends uh. than the weekday? <laughs> I can stay off Twitter I
1: can just sit at home and, and not think about anything I can't go out and drink I can't get together with friends but at least
0: I can unplug a little bit uh, I mean <sighs> 2020 has been weird where, I mean, go back to January, you yeah, had the high of uh, Drew McIntyre winning the Royal Rumble, but that came the same day Kobe Bryant died. So <laughs> it's it's been up and down all year. It's, uh, we've seen the same around us. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with baseball and the expectations for the Brewers this year, and then with the Bucks, the start that they got off to, how historically good they were uh, flirting with 70 wins, and all of that happening in the season where – we think we're going to have a champion crown, but who knows?
1: Yeah, it's it's just been a frustrating year. It feels like one thing after another. Sports-related or, or not sports-related, it feels like we're just getting hit every week with a new news story that just it, it wears me down. But I will say it is it is therapeutic to come on here and speak with my listeners and speak with guests and address these issues. It is It is tiring. I do look forward to my days off where I can unplug and just kind of relax. So, Justin, we know you as our as our Bucks guy. We, we hear you during Bucks broadcasts. We carry the Bucks on WKTY. I I know that you like wrestling. I know that you like the St. Louis Blues. And I think Grateful Dead. And are you a, off the top of my head? I think you're a Wilco fan too, which is funny because I was just watching Parks and Rec the other day, and Jeff Tweedy is in their, their big concert episode. I don't know much more about you. Are you a big baseball fan? Are you an NFL fan? Like what else? Do you do you care about? Because we always talk about bucks, but with no basketball right now. Like, what, what have you been up to?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, you, you pretty much hit it. Uh, the the f- football, yeah, but I mean, I think for most of us, as you followed what goes on with the NFL on the field and off, my interest in that has kind of waned for the last few years. Baseball. Um, was probably my first love, so I still do follow the Brewers, and there's a few other teams I've followed for years. But, you know, baseball's just been tough. Where Take this year out aside, they just have so many problems to figure out where you think about where everything is trending and moving, that uh, sports like basketball and soccer are capturing the young audience and they're Mm -hmm. fast-moving and changing, and baseball is doing none of that where they were already facing an uphill battle before all of this mess, and now uh, if baseball can't sort things out, we keep pointing back to the 94 strike. Um, I remember years ago people telling me they never came back from 94, which I don't believe. Yeah. But, um, But I could see some people actually doing that, where it's not just the owners and players fighting over money. Um, and, and health issues, but just everything else that's seemingly mounting with baseball. They have a certainly a problem with minorities getting them into the sport. And it, just the pace of play, and now Rob Manford and all the changes that he's made, it's almost as though the commissioner doesn't even like the sport that he's in charge of. So uh, that's tough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, during this whole quarantine, thankfully, the WWE has still been running live shows, albeit with no audience. So that's filled the bulk of my time. And then the bands that you mentioned certainly are uh, some passions of mine. So music has filled the time. And uh, just reading, and, and the last few weeks now that Premier League is back, I get to uh, follow my Manchester City. So things are starting to pick up where soccer's back. We think, well, we know, let's just see what it's going to look like. The NBA will be back in about a month, and who knows with baseball. Yeah, I've, I've tried to get into Premier League a
1: little bit. I, I'm i trying to carefully pick which team I think am a fan of I have a friend who's a big Tottenham fan and he suggests that I be an Arsenal fan just so we can be rivals and have one more thing to argue about but I feel like that kind of makes me a poser like I was listening to our friend Bart Winkler's show this week and he was talking about his team and 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 how he picked his team and I'm like I I feel like I need a little bit more interesting of a story and I feel like a lot of people like Arsenal like do you have a suggestion on a on a Premier League team I watched Chelsea this weekend that was interesting yeah. I just don't know which fan or which team to uh, to get behind
0: yeah, I don't really like the Chelsea fans around here, and uh, I i mean, I'm no one to give advice on it. I got into Manchester City because they were good, so yeah. I will fully admit I was a front runner there when I first started to casually get into the Premier League. Man City was starting to get pretty good. That was right around the time that Aguero had his uh, goal that won the league for them, so that kind of put it over the top for me. Uh, I tried to do the same thing with Bundesliga when you see all the quizzes of, hey, pick your team, and... What teams do you like? And this will help you determine which German soccer team to root for. Yeah. I've seen all of them for, um, for the Premier League, too. I mean, the team isn't very good, but if you just wanted to go with a local tie, um, you could go with Aston Villa just because of uh, Wes Edens being one of the owners of that team. Um, but I don't know. I would just – if you're just getting into soccer, just pick a good team because I get people <laughs> saying you're a front runner, and it's not as fun – it's crazy. Who doesn't like rooting for a winner? Yeah, well, full transparency. Justin Garcia, the Bucks
1: Radio Network, joining us. Full transparency. I didn't get into NBA until middle school because I went to a private school. There were like four. Growing up through elementary school, I had four other guys in my class. That was it. We had a class of like 10, 15 people. And I didn't watch the NBA at all. And I got to middle school in seventh grade and one of our teachers had a poster of Kevin Garnett on the wall, and I didn't know who it was. And I remember my my friends or people I was trying to be friends with just getting into me, they're like, how do you not know who that is? And I'm like, man, I got to catch up. So my NBA fan, I'm very embarrassed to admit, started in 2010, 2011 by being a Miami Heat fan because I, I could justify it. I'm, I'm like, well, Dwayne Wade went to Marquette. I'll just watch the Heat, and I watched with my friends. So I was a bandwagon Heat fan, and then I slowly got into the Bucs over a course of, you know, the next couple of years, and now I'm a Bucks fan. So I think a lot of people do that when they first get into a league, right? The Golden State Warriors, I'm sure, played that role for a lot of young kids in the last five or six years. But yeah, I was I was a Heat fan. I'm not proud about it. No, that team was fun to watch. That team was so much fun. It's a bummer that I was a bandwagon fan, but I think sometimes you just need an excellent team or a flashy team to get you into a sport before you finally before you finally pick your team, you know?
0: Well, and I mean, we've certainly seen it change quite a bit in, for sure, the last five years. But really, since the new ownership group took over the Bucks, um, but predating that, if you didn't live in or around Milwaukee, it was difficult to be a Bucks fan. They didn't really have a large scope or audience that extended outside of Milwaukee. And you know, even when I was a kid growing up, the Bucks weren't very good. So uh, the teams that I followed, I watched the Sixers and the Suns just because of Charles Barkley. Yeah. Uh, But most of my friends were Bulls fans because of Michael Jordan. So it's been a long journey for the Bucks to start to build up their own fan base, especially statewide. But we've seen that really grow the last five years. And to be fair, with that Heat team, I loved Mario Chalmers and Norris Cole. I
1: had a Shane Battier t-shirt jersey. So, like, I embraced the whole team. It wasn't just LeBron, Bosh, and Wade. Like, I loved everyone on that team. I don't know why I'm justifying this to you. I think we, we all like we pick a team that maybe isn't our hometown team uh, right away. Let's talk, let's talk about the Bucks, though. Justin, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm i really worried that sports are going to be able to come back at all. I think the NBA's return to play proposal is brilliant. It's thorough. I think they've covered everything and done as good of a job as they could do. I, I just don't know if it'll be enough. Like I think this virus might throw things out of whack anyways. Tillman Fertitta was, the the Rockets owner was commenting about this earlier today. He's like, Man, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I don't think anybody doubts the plan. The plan is good. I just don't know if it's going to matter. I think the NBA is going to have to get really lucky, especially with the cases spiking in Florida and in Orange County. What do you think? How do you feel? What's your gut feeling right now about the return of the NBA, which is supposed to be at the end of July?
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say the plan is about 80% of the way there. My biggest criticism was when we learned that the plan was to come back July 31st, and now that's been bumped back to the 30th, um, we just saw that date, and I think we all got excited, and we all knew there's there's still a lot they have to tell us in terms of what are they going to do for player safety and health, and what's the testing plan going to be, um, but we all kind of assumed they have these plans, they're just finalizing it, and we'll hear it once it's done. Yeah. Um, I think if we've learned anything the last two to three weeks, it's that maybe they didn't really have the plan. and Maybe the plan was July 31st and we're, we'll sort out the rest later just because, you know, it was always down to Disney or Vegas. And uh, Orlando was chosen just, in from what I'm understanding, just because there's basically more real estate and there's more places to play, whereas in Vegas you would have had to spread it out Thomas and Mac Center and who knows where else, whereas in Disney you have that campus. Um, but what's going on in Florida certainly has to raise a lot of concerns. I think we're going to see, and we saw today with Trevor Ariza, although look, if Trevor Ariza was playing for the Bucks or Lakers, is he still going to withdraw and say, you know what? I'm not going back. Who knows? Um, But we have already seen some players say it's not worth it. I'm not going there. I wouldn't be shocked if we see a fringe level star or superstar do the same thing, especially Again, no knock on them if it's on a team that's not really a title contender, but they're going forward with full steam ahead regardless. I think money is clearly the motivation where they know we have to recoup some of that, and we have this plan in place that we feel pretty good about, but then you see what's going on in Florida, and, and you just continue to see some of the details of, and I get it, it complicates things when you deal with unions for Disney. But the fact that some of these guys and employees that the players are going to come in contact with are not going to be held to the same restrictions, when you see what's happening in that state, that certainly has to raise a lot of concern. So I would hope and I would assume the message given to the players that are going back from the Players Association is, you know, it it may not be fair, but this is on you guys, that you have to take this very, very seriously, that – you can't uh, be uh, getting lax with any of this, that you have to basically treat this the same way you did when you were quarantining yourself the first few months of this because you know with the proximity that we have here and the amount of, of guys that are going to be around each other and, and that campus, all it takes is one. And one player to go rogue and leave the campus. I know they've set up the lines where you can basically snitch on uh, your fellow players, but all it takes is one to ruin this for the entire league. Yeah.
1: And it like we're noticing right now in lacrosse, like we've had cases in the lower twenties, like solid for the last week. And it's all young people. Right. And now we're to the point where I think hopefully a lot of young people in the bars are closed. Right. They're like, okay, this is real. We're going to stop going. But at this point it's too late. Right. The the spreading has started and just staying home now will only make so much of a difference. You need to take it seriously from the beginning. Justin, I hope we get the NBA back. I'm I'm worried and uncomfortable as a Bucks fan because everything was going so well. And if things restart and the Bucks lose, I'm just going to be more frustrated. Or if they can't conclude the season, I'm going to be frustrated. I, 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 this feels like a juggler on a tightrope to me. Like, everything could go right. Like, it could go perfect and it could be awesome. But one little breeze or, or one little mistake and everything comes crashing down, I just, I'm concerned. I, I don't know why I'm venting to you. I, pre- I appreciate you calling in. Uh, and giving us a couple of minutes, Justin, I hope everything's doing well. And I would love for you to be able to come back and visit lacrosse and, and hit third street and, and for me to buy you a drink, but it's going to be a while. Unfortunately, this COVID thing is, is here to stay, which is a bummer, but I appreciate you, Justin. Thanks again.
0: No problem. Hey, is Rudy still open? Rudy. I, look,
1: I used to live right across the street from Rudy's. Now I'm on not the other side of town, but I'm in about a mile in the other direction. They have to be like they were, they were killing it. Their business might've been better like post-pandemic because people could just pull in. They didn't have to go inside or sit down at a picnic table. I think that might have been great for their business model. As long as Rudy's is open, we're doing okay.
0: If Rudy's is open, you got me. <laughs>
1: Heck yeah. All right, I'll, I'll buy you something at Rudy's, and then we'll have to go downtown. I'd, I'd love for you to visit anytime, Justin. I appreciate you again. Thanks. Sounds good. Yeah, have a good one, Justin. That's Justin Garcia, Bucks Radio Network. Hoping to have Bucks games back on WKTY when the postseason starts. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work if Justin and Ted Davis and and the rest of the crew is going to be heading down to to Disney World. I don't know how they're going to do that or if they're going to do one national broadcast. We'll have to we'll have to get those details as the time gets closer. A lot of uh progress yet to make and a lot of uh things to be decided for the NBA. When we come back really briefly, look, talking to especially the residents of Lacrosse, especially the residents of Lacrosse. We have to have a conversation. We have to have a conversation about what's going on on Third Street and some things I read Uh, about this weekend in the lacrosse tribune that's coming up next as we wrap up the wisco sports show final segment of the wisco sports show here on wkty my name is grant bills podcast for this show and every show is at wk 2 and on the wkty mobile app as well. I'll put today's show up at about 605. We just got off the horn with Justin Garcia, our Bucks guy from the Bucks Radio Network. So if you missed that interview, it was a good one. You want to you want to catch up. I I like the opportunity the last couple of weeks and months to speak with our guests about things other than sports. Like it's fun to talk to Justin about baseball and about Heating at Rudy's and about other things other than the Bucks. That has been one silver lining of this pandemic, at least on this show. I've enjoyed that and I thought that was a fun interview. So if you missed it, go check it out, wktysports.com. So, really briefly, we got to have a conversation. Uh, I, I saw this weekend, I don't spend a lot of time on Reddit, but I occasionally check it. And my phone buzzed me on Saturday. There was a trending topic, a, a notification for a trending topic on Reddit in the state of Wisconsin, right? And sometimes I get these, something's trending in the state. You know, I check it out. My phone gives me a notification. So I opened it and it was from La Crosse. It was a La Crosse article from the La Crosse Tribune. And it was about the bars and the downtown scene. And it was written by Olivia Herkin, And it's a really good article. It's about bars, especially in downtown La Crosse, COVID spread and opening and reopening and closing and closing again. Look, I get this is a sports show, but this is a conversation we have to have because going to the bars is kind of like a sport for us. And like our venue, our stadium is Third Street. View it that way. It's very sports related uh, because we treat drinking like it's our second job, like it's another sport in lacrosse. So the first part of this article um, is reports of patrons ignoring social distancing rules, not using masks, not using hand sanitizer in bars. And it's, employees, servers, and bartenders that are expressing their concerns about this, right? Look, there's no way to socially distance in a bar. We're lying to ourselves. A bar is a social place. It's contradictory to think you can socially distance in a bar. It would be like trying to strategically diet at a KFC. It just doesn't work, right? If you're going to diet, you don't go get fried chicken. If you're trying to be... Not social. If you're trying to socially distance, you don't go to a bar. That's just not how it works. So if you're going to go to a bar, look, I'd love for you to wear a mask. Wash your hands, right? Don't pack too close together. I, I get it. But look, you're in the same building. If one person has COVID, chances are everybody else is going to come in contact with it. And we've learned that through the La Crosse County Health Department. At lots of places in downtown La Crosse, right? It's, you can't socially distance at a bar. That I, I I understand that. That's not what I'm ticked about. What really made me frustrated and a little bit sad Were comments from the servers and the bartenders that work at these places saying that they're kind of getting abused by patrons right now. They're getting heckled for wearing masks. People are getting up in their face and putting them in unnecessary danger. Look, a lot of these bartenders and essential employees, remember when we were like being thankful for essential employees a couple of months ago? Remember that? These are college students or college grads who are paying their rent and paying their bills by working for your tips to serve you at bars and restaurants. And I know a lot of you have full-time typical nine to five jobs where you have a steady paycheck and you know how much money's coming in every month and you use that to pay rent and it feels really stable. That's not the life that a lot of people live. A lot of people work for tips and their paycheck changes week to week because they work at a restaurant or at a bar. These are the people that are putting themselves on the front lines to make sure you have your right to go get a burger or to go get a beer. We all complained and raised a stink because we couldn't go to the bars. You got to open up the bars and the bars are super important and the second it's safe, I will be in there spending my hard-earned money and socializing because that's our culture in Wisconsin and we need to support those local business owners who are going through a really tough time right now. And as soon as it's safe, I will be right there getting my boots filled, bellying up at the bar. Absolutely. Right now? No. Because it's not safe. And that's the reason why a lot of these bars have closed. But to read some of these quotes, it is so disheartening. Here's one quote from a from a bartender at a local bar on 3rd Street. Customers come in and are rude about the masks, which sucks when you have to hear that. When you're trying to keep to yourself and keep people around you safe. We complained. And Rosa stink. It's our right. Open up the bars. And then you have 20-year-olds 20 something year olds or or 30 or 40 whoever the age doesn't matter who put themselves on the front line to to serve you to make the bar an option for you and for me and they wear a mask to protect themselves and you're gonna get on their case for it you're gonna be a jerk to them hell no hell no I get it it's tough to socially distance in a bar I don't think it's possible so if you're not wearing a mask in a bar I, I get it if you're if you're sharing drinks in a bar, if you're hitting each other's cigarettes, fine. Look, you can't socially distance in a bar. It's a social venue. It's just not possible. But to get on a bartender or a server who is putting their health on the line to help you to make sure you can go out and enjoy a night with your friends or with your significant other and you're gonna be mean to them, you're gonna get on their case, hell no. And if I go back to the bar when this is all said and done and a bartender wants to wear a mask or a server wants to wear a mask, and you're getting in their face about it, well, we might just have to step out on the curb. Now, I'm not very strong, and I'll probably get my butt kicked, but we need to confront each other about these things. This sucks, right? The pandemic sucks. Not having sports sucks. Not being able to see our friends and be social sucks. But you know what we have control over? Just not being jerks to each other. We don't have to be jerks to each other. That is something we can control, unlike a disease. We can control that. Stop being mean to people who choose to wear masks. It's their choice, just like it's your choice if you don't want to wear a mask. Be nice. There are people putting their health at risk to make our society go right now. Be nice to them. That was really disappointing to read this weekend. We'll be back tomorrow. Bart Winkler from 105.7 FM, the fan of Milwaukee, is going to join us. Same time, same place here on the Wisco Sports Show. Talk to you then.